0: Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I'll help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you're able. Because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Hey there, before we get started today, I just want to make sure that you know about the Secret Sister Circle. This is something that I have just created. It's a brand new membership for my Secret Sisters, meaning other wives of alcoholics, that I really would love to have you join me in. It basically is a path to take you from being where you're at right now, which if you're like me, you're probably in the middle of feelings of hopelessness and despair and confusion, um, just not really knowing what to do, where to turn, and feeling like there's no end in sight. So I wanted to create kind of a journey for you to get you from that place into the restoration and wholeness that I know you can have in your life. Uh, even as the wife of an alcoholic. So the whole vision for the membership is to get you off the emotional roller coaster of having an alcoholic spouse and just feeling like you're at the mercy of that day after day. We'll help you work through learning exactly what you can do to improve things instead of just feeling like you have to sit around and hope and pray that things are going to change someday. And also it helps you feel not so alone because you'll have a community of other sisters who are going through the same things that you are. So bottom line, if you need support and direction through the day-to-day struggle of being the wife of an alcoholic, then this membership is absolutely for you. I would absolutely love for you to join me. You can just go to my website, MarriedToAddiction.com, and look for the tab that says Secret Sister Circle. I hope to see you there. Hello, and welcome to Episode 22 of the Married to Addiction Podcast. This episode is entitled, How Codependency Hurts Your Husband and His Recovery. And I started looking back through the episodes that I've done so far, and I was surprised that I haven't specifically covered codependency yet. Um, We're already in season two, so this is the second episode of season two. And so it's definitely high time (laughs) to talk about this. I remember when my husband was deep in addiction, I did not understand what this meant. And then when I kind of started to grasp a little bit what it meant, I thought that's not me. I'm not codependent. I'm just trying to help. Not codependent. I don't like that label. Um, And that's that's not me. Looking back, I was 1000% (laughs) codependent. I totally was. And I just didn't realize it, which is very typical for wives of alcoholics to not realize what they're doing when they're doing it. So that's why I'm here to shed some light on some of this stuff for you, because ultimately, all of these things that we are doing, that we don't realize that we're doing, or don't know how they're hurting us and our husband, are destructive things, are things that we need to change, need to stop, need to correct, whatever the case. So today I want to talk about, first of all, what codependency is, if you do not understand what that means, because I didn't for a long time, and then how does it hurt your husband, of course, and then also, how does it hurt you? Because it really, really does. So, we're going to cover that too. So, the first thing is what is codependency? The definition that I found says an imbalanced relationship where one person enables another person's self destructive tendencies. Now, you might hear that and think, I am not enabling his tendencies. I am. Dumping out his alcohol. I am, you know, trying to make sure he doesn't drink. I'm trying to do everything I can to keep this man from drinking because that's what I thought. <laughs> I'm not enabling, I'm doing everything I can to make it as hard as possible. Stay with me here if that was your first thought. The next def- definite or the next part of the definition says, um, de- well, it says, definitions of codependency vary, but typically include high self sacrifice a focus on others' needs, suppression of one's own, own emotions, and attempts to control or fix other people's problems. So see how that ties into what I just said? So let's talk about what it looks like. So the there's two words that you probably noticed in there. The first was enabling. That looks like uh, essentially cleaning up after him that can be physically, that can be figuratively. So you are coming to his rescue in whatever way. Um, You're removing consequences that he normally would experience. Um, You're making excuses for him. So let's talk about how specifically that could look. So um, coming to his rescue means that he has got himself in a predicament because of drinking, and you're going to go You're going to go fix it. You're going to go, you know, pick him up, help him out, whatever the case. Um, Removing consequences is basically what comes after coming to his rescue. Because whereas uh, he would have a consequence if he was just left to deal with whatever mess he'd gotten himself into, if you are intervening and coming in to quote unquote help, because that is exactly how it feels at the time. And I, I understand that because I felt the same way. You are removing whatever consequences that he would be feeling. So making excuses for him, um, things like you're supposed to go out to dinner with friends or maybe your parents or whatever, and you make an excuse that he's just not feeling well. Um, I remember telling people a lot, my husband has allergies, and he really does have allergies, but I would just say, you know, his allergies are really bothering him. We can't come. you know, making excuses, giving him money. So he spends his money on alcohol and he doesn't have the money to pay for, I don't know, car repair, bills, whatever it is, and you're giving him the money. So basically what all of that equates to is enabling. And it feels like helping at the time, but why the reason why it's called enabling is because you are enabling him to continue in his addiction. Because you are keeping the addiction comfortable and keeping him comfortable in his addiction by helping, coming to his rescue, making excuses, cleaning up after him, and removing those consequences, which ultimately would be the things that he would feel that may spur him to seek help, to seek recovery. But he's not really having to deal with any of the bad parts because you are stepping in between him and those consequences. The second way that codependency looks is the controlling part. So that was, excuse me, that was in the second part of the definition that I read, um, attempts to control or fix other people's problems. So controlling looks like trying to fix him and his addiction. All the things that I talked about earlier, pouring out alcohol following him around, looking for his stash, marking bottles to see how much he's had to drink, Um, you know, the yelling, the crying, the screaming, the ultimatums, all of that, trying to take control of the situation, Uh, trying to manipulate the situation, trying to take control of him and his behavior, trying to manage all of the fallout um, that has come because of the addiction. So that is all the controlling piece of it. So the enabling and the controlling piece are both parts of codependency. So now let's talk about, um, oh, and the, the third part of what it looks like is completely setting your needs aside. So you are so busy doing all of the things we just talked to, managing his addiction control it, trying to control his addiction, coming to his rescue, cleaning up after him, making excuses, all those things that you, your needs are so far out of the picture that you don't even know what they are anymore. You are hanging by an absolute thread. You have absolutely nothing left physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. You are just walking around almost in a zombified state because you just have nothing. You have completely set your needs aside because you are so um, focused on his addiction, what he's doing, and how you need to manage it. So how does this hurt him and his recovery? Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that if you are completely removing the consequences, the negative consequences that somebody would normally feel, as I said a minute ago, from them... From the situation. Um, he doesn't really have any. I mean, it's still difficult for him to be in an addiction, but he's not ever having those really hard situations where he's like, oh my gosh, like this is bad and this is really screwed up. What is happening right now? And I have to figure out how to fix it. Not, I'm so glad my wife is fixing it. Those are the types of things that move him towards recovery or make him start thinking about it or considering it or feeling like, okay, it's time. You know, they say that people get to rock bottom and I don't necessarily think that it's one specific, excuse me, one specific instance all the time that people come to that's like their quote unquote rock bottom um, circumstance or situation. Sometimes it can just be The culmination of several different things that have happened where he has had to deal with the consequences, and it's making life real uncomfortable, and it's making his addiction real uncomfortable. So it's hurting him, and it's hurting the potential for recovery if he's not experiencing those things because you are stuck in codependency, enabling, controlling, et cetera. So why is codependency harmful for you? Well, clearly, as I just said, you are completely setting your needs aside because there's no time for that because you're so busy trying to manage what he's doing. So this looks so many different ways. It can literally be from just the basic physical standpoint, like in my case, when I ended up covered in those stress-induced hives for months at a time because my body was so physically stressed and tapped out. It can be setting aside your needs for, um, you know, your own mental health. Like you feel like you're falling apart and you're going to have a breakdown because you're so busy managing all of these and you're not looking after all of these other things and you're not looking after yourself. It can look like setting aside, um, the things that you need to get done at your job. It can look like, uh, you know having not not being there like you want to be for your kids it can look like completely forgetting about and not even considering any of your hopes and dreams and goals that you had for yourself that's harmful for you i mean all of those things are so harmful for you in every single aspect of your life so as you can see codependency is not just hurtful for him it's hurtful for you as well, very hurtful for you. So how do we fix it? Well, the first thing is you have to recognize what that you're doing it, that you're stuck in these patterns, which hopefully this episode is helping you to do that. Because again, I did not see myself in this. I did not see that this was me. I did not relate to the word codependency. Um, but now I can look back and think, oh my gosh, yes. So I hope that the way that I'm explaining it and the examples that I'm giving you today will help you realize that you are in codependent patterns if you are. So recognizing it, huge. Once you've recognized that that's what's happening, you really need to formulate a plan to change these patterns and behaviors. And getting some boundaries in place can really help with that. Um, Getting some help for yourself is critical. You've heard me say it a million times. Of course, I would love to be the one to help you with that. I've got the, uh, the self led course. I've got the Secret Sister Circle membership. Um, I would love to help you with that. But if you do not want to get help through me, at least try to seek out Al Anon or some celebrate recovery or some other um, in person help that you can get for yourself because it's absolutely critical. So you don't have to stay in codependent patterns and behavior just because you are there now. This has probably become a way of life for you. If you are doing this, you have probably been doing this for as long as your husband has been in addiction. I know I was. It was a couple of years um, that I was really just massively codependent. And it did hurt me a lot. And it hurt him too. And I can look back and see that there were a lot of things that had they been handled differently or had they been managed in a different way or a better way would have been a trillion times better for him, for me, for our family as a whole. So I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that this has shed some light for you. If you are in codependent behaviors, you don't have to stay there. Just do, you know, think of one thing that you can change or that you can stop and commit to yourself to move forward into changing that one thing for now and then another and then another until you have begun to get out from under this, because in the long run, you are helping your husband, you're helping yourself, and you're helping your whole family. I hope that's helped. Again, I would love to help you with anything. Uh, If you'd like additional support, uh, please let me know. And just, you can just email me, julie, at marriedtoaddiction.com, or you can head to my website where there's additional resources for you and a get help button for you to move forward into one of the programs. Thank you so much for listening as always, and I will see you next time. Hey there, I told you guys that I would share um, some of the ratings and reviews that had come in and I wanted to read a couple other ones to you today. My reason for doing this is because I'm just so incredibly grateful for the people who have taken the time to go do this. Ultimately, having ratings and um, positive reviews on a podcast helps it get pushed out to more people and that is my heart's desire, just that I could reach more women that need to hear this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart to the people who have taken the time to write reviews. Today, I wanted to read a couple more to you. Uh, This one says, I've enjoyed listening to the Married to Addiction podcast. Julie warmly shares from a place of honesty and vulnerability. My husband is not an addict. However, he has struggled with gambling, but I'm the mother of a son who struggles with addiction. We also suffer from the effects of living with addiction. I'm grateful for the biblical approach Julie takes in discussing addiction as the Bible has much to say on the subject. These episodes are inspiring and helpful. Thank you so much for that. This one says, Thank you for your helpful encouragement that isn't the same old advice that you can't do anything until your husband gets sober. This is so untrue and the most depressing advice I repeatedly receive. I am working on me, I am working on my marriage, and I need support. Thank you for not brushing us aside. Thank you so very much for that review too. I just... It's so awesome to me to just hear from you guys because I know you're out there and I see the numbers that people are listening, but to just actually hear from some of you who are out there listening just means the world to me. So thank you so much again for leaving your reviews and ratings. If you haven't done that yet and you would like to take just a couple of seconds, I would just be so appreciative. Um, You can do that on any podcast platform that you listen to. And again, it would just mean the world to me. Thanks so much for listening.